last week, Mike shared on the concept of kingdom intentionality and how important it is to join God on his mission. Um, and, and we've kind of looked at the, the big picture of God's mission quite a bit. And we know that, that the mission is just to love God, to love others, and to share Jesus. But in any given moment in time as we're living our lives, how do we know exactly what our mission is as far as the, the details, where to go, who to talk to, what to say, what to do? So we're going to be talking a little bit about those, those details over the, the coming weeks. Um, and today focusing really on how to discern what those details are. Mm -hmm. And we look at the example of, of Jesus. We know Jesus was on a mission. He came on a mission um, and he accomplished the mission, his mission by knowing what the will of his father was. And we see this in John six thirty eight. It says, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So how did he know what that will was? How did he discern the will of the Father? Obviously, Jesus, he had a bit of an advantage. Being Jesus, he was also God, so there's that. But he also set an example of what it does look like to be a human who is so connected to God that, that their mission and will merges with God's mission and will. And so Jesus showed us that in just the way he lived his life in at least three specific ways. And the first way we see right off the bat, even as, as a child, he was demonstrating this, just that he had an intimate knowledge and understanding of scripture. So just being stu studying scripture, spending time in God's word and, and knowing the Bible, every bold word of truth and action that Jesus said and did was backed up by a solid foundation of scripture. Yeah, but I think there's something uh, it's interesting. I'm going to interrupt you, David. Yeah, go ahead. I think one of the uh, interesting things about, uh, about Jesus and, and the fact that it says that he um, knew all the scripture and he quoted scripture when he was tempted in the wilderness and he, he was teaching the people in the temple, the religious leaders we have absolutely nothing recorded about the way that he learned. We don't know uh, anything about the education he had in the scripture. We're like the apostle Paul, he's like, he went to school for this. He was trained formally in this way. But yet with Jesus, it's like we have nothing other than the fact that he grew up in a simple home um, with simple parents. And um, so we have this, idea this concept um or this picture that we have is that he learned from his time with god alone as well as from his family and i think that that's pretty uh significant to point out so sorry sorry i jumped in on you there but no not at all yeah that's really cool so that's the first one is just the the foundational knowledge of, of scripture uh, but then the second one is that he was in constant communication with the father so he demonstrated this habit of, of sending messages back and forth basically between him and the father. And that's that element of, of communication is crucial to any mission. I'm sure any of you military folks would attest to the, the importance of communication and being able to have communication uh, when you're on a mission. 
And then the third one, we're going we're gonna to come back to that one, but the third one is actually social distancing. <laughs> uh, really, and it's just the idea of spending time in meditation. Um, Jesus was intentional in, in several examples. We can see him distancing himself from the crowds, from his family, from anyone, getting time alone to spend with God in prayer and meditation. That kind of puts the other two together, creating just that quiet alone time to make space to focus on God's word and in prayer and in simply just being still and waiting for God to reveal himself to you. So today, though, we're going to focus primarily on that second aspect, on that communication, uh, which, is, which is prayer. That's what we call prayer. And all three of these things, obviously, they, they coincide with each other. They kind of overlap and, and feed into each other. But we're just going to dive into this concept of prayer specifically. Yeah, so I think it, since that's what our topic is, I think it would be a great time for us just to stop. And I know it's going to seem kind of um, unnatural to pray uh, through a computer screen and to pray together virtually like this. But uh, it's, it's just as if we were gathered together, because actually, when you think about it, most of the time when we pray, we close our eyes. So you'll never even know there's nobody else in the room. So we'll uh, take a moment here and we just want to pray and ask for God's blessing upon our time together. So let's do that. Father, we thank you that we can gather uh, virtually through technology, that even though we're in a season of much isolation, that we can still stay connected to each other. Uh, we thank you for the gift of prayer and that it allows us to stay connected with you all the time. We thank you for this opportunity to study, to spend time in your word and to learn together. I just pray that you would encourage us and speak to us, that your spirit would just guide and direct us, that we would uh, truly understand this gift of prayer and also the, the gift of mission and how they go together uh, through our time today. We pray in your name, for your sake, for your kingdom. Amen. Amen. So, uh, so I think we need to start with a question then, David. I think we should poll yes. them. And let's ask in the chat how would you describe prayer? And so we'll give you just a second to pop in there and tell us, how would you describe prayer? Realize that everybody else is gonna see your answers, so don't, you know. Relationship, talking to God. Good answers. We, we need more though. Communion with God, ooh, that's a good, a good church word. Continual, listening to God, communicating with God, relationship with God, same thing Laura said. Miranda, dittos are not legit, just throwing it out there, you know. <laughs> Grandma talking with God, yep. Levi says, prayer is something you say to God. Relationship with God, talking to and listening to God. How we build a relationship through communication, hearing God. <laughs> Love it, Seth. It's a large uh, doctrine. <laughs> yeah. 
that's like when somebody asks you about God and the way that he works in people's lives, I say, well, God is sovereign. He does what he wants. Like you can't, you just can't throw that out there, Seth. Come on. <laughs> Talking with God, prayer is also a form of worship. Absolutely. Active worship and reconciliation through communication with our maker. Was that Jessica or Chris? A private conversation. Totes Chris. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> So, so this idea of prayer, I think you guys have nailed a lot of the things that we were thinking were the, I guess, the foundations, since we know we can't talk about all of it, as Seth pointed out, because it's too big of a topic. But I think there's some basic fundamentals that, that we refer to when we talk about prayer. And one of those things is talking to God. Um, and, and I just want to say that some of you are um, shy, bashful, uh, maybe even a bit intimidated when it comes to talking to people. Um, some people are intimidated talking to God, uh, but we don't have to fear talking to God because uh, God wants to talk with us. And I think that Philippians 4, 6, and 7 is a great verse for times like this. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Um, this idea of through prayer and, and petition and with thanksgiving, um, making your request to God, and the word there is in everything. It's this idea of coming to God with everything on your heart and being able to talk to him about that. And I think it's so important. Um, I know that I've had people ask me to pray for them uh, or to, to pray on their behalf. And I'm like, okay, well, I can pray, but you can talk to God too. And they're like, yeah, I know, I know but you're a pastor, you know, so uh, God listens to you more. It's like, well, no, he listens to my wife more than me, but that's beside the point. You know, God, God <laughs> listens to all of us and he wants to talk to all of us. And uh, we all have the privilege of talking to God and he wants to hear from us. And I think for me, that's one of those things where I have to remind myself that I'm not, I'm not bothering God. I'm not annoying God. Um, he wants to, to talk with me. He wants to have a conversation with me. Um, so, so talking to God is a big part of it. But have you ever been, what's that? I, I just want to pause for a second and say, I think it's easy, kind of like you're saying, it's easy to lose sight of how amazing that fact is, that there's this mm. sovereign creator, all-powerful God, this this transcendent being who is so beyond us and you know he wants to be in a relationship with with us but we we've messed that up and he still wants to hear us and the fact that we can at any given moment at any time at any day just just talk to god it's that phrase talking to god i mean that's just that's mind-blowing and i think we it's easy to take that for granted uh and it's just sometimes we need to remind ourselves just how amazing and awesome that is. Yeah. And, and you notice David had to interrupt me. Um, have you ever been in a conversation <laughs> where, <laughs> where you can't get a word in because the guy that's talking like won't stop talking. And, and I'm afraid that many times I am that person, um, you know, never and, mind, never. <laughs> It's even, even sometimes with my prayers, I can find that I talk. <laughs> Laura. 
<laughs> I might be. Thank you, Laura. I appreciate that chat. We'll 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 actually chat in person later. Um, but I can find that it's easy for me to talk to God or at God. Um, I unload uh, everything that's on my mind, and sometimes I think I approach it more like an exercise in stress management um, or stress control. And yet God created us for relationship. You know, he sent Jesus to fix that relationship, but healthy relationships require communication. And healthy communication means that all parties are listening um, as well as speaking. It has to go both ways there. Um, so I think that that's an important thing for us to understand that prayer is, is a two way. It's, it's not one way. Um, but, but sometimes when you're listening to God, there's that question of, well, how do I know what God is saying? And how do I know if what I'm, I think God is saying to me is really what God is coming from God? And maybe, David, you can speak on that. Right. And that's where discernment comes in and why it's so important to have a foundational knowledge of who God is as he's revealed himself to be through scripture. And, and you need that space and quiet time to listen, but you also need to know that God, he doesn't ever contradict himself. So if you feel like you're getting some message from God, but it contradicts what scripture says about who God is and what his mission is and what he, his will is, then you know that that's, that's not from God. Right. So um, when we think about, when we think about prayer, um, some people like to pray, uh, certain passages of scripture. Uh, other people like to write prayers to God. Uh, some like to sing prayers. Some of us um, wish we could sing prayers. Uh, others pray out loud and in private, and some pray quietly to themselves. Um, so I'm curious, in the chat box, uh, and yes, Wilson and Sherry, thanks for the reminder about, about War Room. Um, prayer, it, when it comes to praying, is there any specific ways that you like to pray? Um, or any specific uh, practices that you have when it comes to prayer. Anybody want to throw anything out there with the group? Praying in your head a lot. Yep. Nightly prayer, making a habit of it. Start by thanking God. Yeah. It's a good good idea to position your perspective when you go into prayer with, with gratitude. Mm. Quiet prayer away from distraction. Yep. Mm. A lot of people pray more often in their head than aloud. Mom has a notification on her watch. Reading prayers like the Puritan ones. Little prayers, like popcorn prayers, little like three second prayers throughout the day. Sing hymns as prayers, you know, <clears throat> power of prayer books. All of the above, Laura. <laughs> then depending on the setting at the moment. Yep. Ooh, we got a, an acronym. This is a Baptist morning. 
Pray, <laughs> praise, repent, ask. Oh, thank you. Okay, that's kind of cheating, but okay. <laughs> Trying to make it a continuation thing, but starting with reminders. Full throttle. <laughs> I kind of want more of an explanation as to what that. Oh uh, no, you just have to know. Al everything is full throttle with Alex. Everything Fine. is full throttle with Alex. I know. <laughs> I do the hymn thing in my heart while driving, showering, anytime I'm alone, and to keep my thoughts right. Yeah, my I like to drive with my eyes closed and then just day. sing "Jesus, take the wheel." I think that's like my prayer practice. Yeah, that's the best exercise in faith I think we can really, uh, <laughs> recommend for people. So, so moving on with that. Uh, <laughs> um, hey, there's a better acronym, by the way. Um, but <laughs> acts, prayer, uh, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Nice. And thanks to the McMahon household for somebody admitting that uh, they struggle listening like I do. It's, it's always nice to know that you're mm -hmm. not alone. So um, I want to take us on a little geek moment um, because you guys know me and David and when we're together, we always geek out on different things. Um, as, as we were preparing for this message, um, one of the things that really struck me um, initially was the fact that the way that we pray and who we pray to has really changed over time. Um, in the Old Testament, people prayed to Yahweh, uh, which was God's, it's God's name, or to God, which is his like position, uh, or, they, or they prayed to the Lord. Or the Lord, yeah. Yeah. So like with God, it was the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob and and so even when they were praying, they would refer to God by that title. Uh, but Jesus, because he was the son of God, prayed to the Father. And as I look through the scriptures, I realize that in, in the Gospels, I don't find Jesus praying to Yahweh. Uh, he didn't pray to the same, he didn't pray to God the same way that the people before him did. Um, kind of like if you think of it, that Yahweh is God's name, it's kind of like I don't refer to my dad as, as Neil when I'm talking to him. I refer to him as dad, as my father. And um, in some sense, you could, that also points to how, you know, his relationship to the Trinity and how, you know, if he was also claiming to be Yahweh, but he also was making it clear he wasn't praying specifically to himself. His naming Yahweh would be like, like if you were also Neil, that would be weird. He was praying to the Father to show the relationship he had with the Father. But that also was an unprecedented way to refer to God at all, for anyone to refer to God. Well, yeah. And uh, we see in, in Matthew 11, when Jesus is praying, um, it's funny, it says, at that time, Jesus said. So it's it's it wasn't even uh, necessarily referred to as a prayer, but he's talking to God. So Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, because this was your good pleasure. Um, so you have Jesus here referring, praying and talking to the Father, but he still also refers to him and uh, calls him by his title, but he doesn't start the, he doesn't 
communicate with the father that way. He doesn't say, you know, I, I praise you, Lord, that you did these things. I praise you, Father. Um, you are the Lord of heaven and earth. Uh, so, so then when Jesus tells us how to pray later on, he says that our prayers are to be addressed to the Father, not, to, not Lord, but Father. Um, and uh, I think that's interesting because, again, nobody in the Old Testament would have done that. Uh, Moses didn't do that. Abraham didn't do that. Uh, but Jesus says, listen, when you're going to pray, you're going to pray and you're going to call him. You're going to call out to your father in heaven. Um, and I think even, even when Jesus was praying one of his most significant prayers, we're going to look at in more detail later, uh, Mark 14, 36, it says, and Jesus said, Abba, father, all things are possible for you. So take this cup away from me, but nevertheless, not what I want, but what you will. And we all know that the word Abba means what one hit wonder, right? Because that's what, no, Abba is not the singing group here. <laughs> Abba is a word that means dad. Um, so it's like, it's like daddy. So um, he's saying when we, he was calling out to his dad, to his father and saying, listen, you know, uh, I'm struggling here. Uh, we see this word, this father and, and dad combination continue when we're told how to pray, don't we, David? Romans 8. Yeah, Romans 8, 15 says, For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. So even taking it a step further and saying we have been adopted as children, so making it there's no question as to the, the relationship that he's, he's describing here. And again, in Galatians 4, 6, it says, And because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Yeah. So when we were talking about this, uh, one, one instance came to my mind as kind of an interesting uh, little side trip. <laughs> um, that there was one time when Jesus cried out to God and didn't call him father. When was that? Are you asking the Actually, group or me? I, uh, I, I will ask the group. I was asking you, but not, then I thought, let's see if anyone can guess what I'm, what I'm thinking of. We'll give it like 30 seconds. Can anyone think of, Ellie said there was, can anyone think of a time when, when Jesus cried Thanks, out Jen. to God and didn't refer to him as the father? Ellie's typing something on the course. Of <laughs> course, Ellie, of course, Ellie. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, <clears throat> Uh, we find that in, in a couple places, but one is Mark 15, 33 through 34. It says, when it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani. I, probably that's not how it's actually pronounced, but it's translated, <laughs> my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? So that's, yeah, he's actually referring to god as as the just the generic title of god as opposed to father um so that's that's a, a deep rabbit hole <laughs> to uh to explore um but it is interesting that it was at that that moment when 
it was kind of the, his, his the, the darkest time in in his life when he was taking on the sins of the world uh that that he would uh, refer to god as, as just god yeah and, and also this is this is referring back to is it psalm 22 right yes. this is referring back to so he's actually going taking us back to uh, an Old Testament passage. And again, in the Old Testament, they wouldn't have prayed to God or spoken to God as their father, um, maybe as the God of, of the father of all living beings, but not re- not talking to him and referring to him in such a personal way. So in the fact that Christ is also quoting a, a psalm, you wouldn't expect it to be the word father in there as well. Um, and if you go back and read that psalm, Psalm 22, it's actually a pretty cool passage. It's It's a Psalm of David, and he's just really wrestling uh, with the fact that he feels forsaken by God, and he says things like this, but then he goes back and forth and says, but God, you are holy and awesome and powerful, and I trust you're going to do the right thing, but oh, I, I'm, I'm feeling really desperate, but God is amazing, and he goes back and forth with that, and ultimately, it is a Psalm of praise to God, uh, so it's, it's kind of cool if you hyperlink it to that passage, um, what what might have been going on in, in Jesus' head. Mm. We can't really speak to, but anyway. No, but, but as we, the reason we wanted to, to kind of go down this path is just to understand that, you know, in the Old Testament, there wasn't that connectedness to God. Remember, our relationship was broken with the Father because of sin in the garden. We've talked about that a lot. So God established a law and God established himself as this, this uh he, he is the ruler of all things. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the one that's responsible for all of mankind. But he established a law so that we could try to be near him, so we could have that closeness. He came and lived in the temples and, and filled the temples so that he could be around us. But that changes with Christ. And now all of a sudden, it's not just that we're distant. It's that we are forgiven and we're part of his family. We're adopted. Now we're children of God and actually brothers and sisters with Christ uh, and of one another. And so that relationship has changed with Christ. And so now we have father. And so as new Testament believers, as people who have accepted Christ, we now have God as father and we have him as Lord and we have him as King and we have him as all those things Um, together. They all apply to us. So in the old Testament, they didn't have that connectedness. We now have this amazing closeness to the father that we can call him our father and it's not just respectful to refer to him in that way it's it's a gift he's given us to adopt us into his family Mm. um yeah so can we take just a moment here though and talk about how why so jesus prayed how like going back to that concept of was he talking to himself like explain this to me all right so so jesus is god god is the father jesus is the son they're both god so god was talking to god when he was praying didn't god know what god wanted i mean we could really geek out on this concept and and really kind of go crazy trying to understand all that was going on here because in the the trinity you have one divine nature you have one god one divine being but then there's three separate persons in the in the godhead there's the father the son and the spirit so like where all that overlaps um 
we, we really don't know. And I know that Seth is thinking right now, oh, I really want to dive into this one. And probably also Chris is doing the same thing. Uh, feel free to do your homework and submit your papers to me online. That's great. Um, <laughs> what, whatever we try to understand of the Trinity and of the Godhead in that area, I think, I think a safe comparison that we can make can take us back to Genesis. So Genesis chapter one, um, God created the heavens and the earth in six days. And on the seventh day, he rested. God does not get tired. God does not need to rest. He did that um, to establish uh, not only the pattern of weeks and of days and of time for the nation Israel, but also that he knew that we needed that rest. And so he modeled it for us. And I think that regardless of where we go with the other comparisons of and trying to understand you know, God talking to God, um, the fact that Jesus prayed um, is that reminder that God knows that we need to pray, that we need to communicate. And so we have in Jesus an example of prayer, uh, many examples of prayer and of communicating with the mm -hmm. Father. And we think that that's a really important connection um, to, to really kind of think about. God knows that we need to pray. And so Jesus made sure that he modeled that kind of lifestyle. Yeah, we can also kind of start to ask the question too, well, if God knows what's in our heart and he knows our thoughts, then why do we need to pray? Uh, so, and he does, he knows what's in our, our hearts. He knows every thought that we have, but expressing it out loud or even just intentionally with your thoughts. Like a lot of you said, you just kind of pray in your head and that's, that's okay too. Or even just, you know, under your breath quietly, however you pray, it's for one, it's a reminder that God, that you can talk to God and that he wants to have conversations with us. He wants to have that relationship with us. And he, he went to great lengths to make it possible for us to have that relationship. Hmm. Yeah, I think for me, um, it helps me recenter my life by revealing what's in my heart. Um, the Luke 6.45 says, a good person produces good out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil person produces evil out of the evil stored up in his heart for his mouth speaks from the overflow of his heart. And so when I'm praying, um, if I'm only praying about people's physical problems or about work, um, then it shows me that I'm more concerned about the things of this world than about God's kingdom. Um, that there's something off center there. I find that if I'm praying about all my situations and all the things that I'm dealing with, like right now, you know, we got the pandemic, we have businesses shutting down, we have all this stuff going on. If my prayers are only about those things, um, then I'm generally not praying about the things that are really important on God's heart, um, which is people coming to know him. And I can be so consumed with my prayers about me and my concerns and my situation that I'm not focused on God and his mission and what's important to him. Um, so for me, that prayer time is a time of, of centering. You know, we even talk about why do we pray to God that he knows everything, right? But when I pray, it reminds me, it kind of reveals to me what's going on, you know, in here. Um, and that, that's good, um, but also sometimes very hard uh, to, to live out. Um, now, this topic of prayer, it's, it's huge. And so uh, as we started to look at the scriptures, we realized there's a boatload of prayers in the Bible. So in 30 seconds or less, Start naming off some of the prayers that you can think of from the Bible. The Psalms, yeah. 
Yeah, like the majority of the Psalms. <laughs> Psalm 23, yep. Yes, Melissa, you're right. Prayer is also a, a physical way to show that God is God and I am not. Good call. Mm -hmm. Yep, Jabez, good. Ooh, yep, Mary's prayer. Of. Ooh, yeah. That'll be the, yeah, about the Magnificat. After the Red Sea, yeah. And that was, I think that was actually a song, but it's also, a lot of prayers in the Bible are po very poetic and, and like when you guys were talking about praying hymns, uh, putting a prayer to song is a great way to like remember it. And we know that, that God likes music, which is pretty cool for all you musicians. Hannah's prayer for Samuel. Yep, and we've talked about that one quite a bit. <laughs> yes, it does. I'm noticing you women have an affinity for Hannah. That's cool. <laughs> the Lord's Prayer. Yep. We're going to talk about that one in a minute. <laughs> so obviously we could go i mean there's there's daniel praying there's david praying there's abraham praying moses praying you have uh you know prayers all throughout the scriptures um to help narrow the focus because we realize that zoom will only let us record for 24 hours straight and then it'll cut us off and we don't want that to happen so we try to narrow down the number of prayers we want to look at to basically just to, to three we want to look at three prayers that jesus prayed that really show what was important in his heart and what he focused on. Um, um, because I think that that's really where we want to go as far as understanding the mission of God and understanding you know, how, to, how to live on that mission. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of fun prayers we could dive into. Uh, thinking about the prayers of David where he uh, prays for, uh, against his enemies is just a great other theological tangent we can go off onto, but that's we don't have enough hours in a day to do that one. Um, the the one that Melissa posted where Moses prays for God not to destroy the Israelites, um, even that's one time he cool. offers his life for them, and that's a, a foreshadowing of the Messiah. There's so many amazing prayers that that we could look at. Uh, but we just want to look at, at three this morning. So if you have your Bibles, get them ready uh, because we're gonna just look at a couple more passages. If you haven't been. All the notes, by the way, we're going to try to put all these notes and scripture verses are going to be on our uh, church website, ncfchurch.org. So you'll be able to reference these passages and go through them throughout the week. Um, and also, if you have questions about what was that reference, what was that passage, you'll be able to catch them online as well. Um, so uh, these three prayers kind of highlight three different things that we think are significant. Um, you know, God wants us to talk to him about everything, but one major topic. Um, that helps form the framework and perspective of the rest of our uh, of our prayers is the specific topic of mission and of understanding God's big picture mission, which starts in Genesis and ends in Revelation. It's, it's a big component of the scriptures. It's what the scriptures are all about. So let's look at that first prayer, which is the garden prayer. You want me to read through that? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, why don't you? <laughs> Um, Kara brought this one up. This is in the Garden of, of Gethsemane. Were you going to say something? 
No, I'm just posting the reference. Oh, nice. Yep. Luke 22, 39 through 46. And this is, yeah, in the Garden of, of Gethsemane. So we call it the Garden Prayer, the Gethsemane Prayer. Um, starting in verse 39, it says, He went out and made his way, as usual, to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him. When he reached the place, he told them, Pray that you may not fall into temptation. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down, and began to pray. Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. Being in anguish, he prayed more fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he got up from prayer and came to the disciples, he found them sleeping, exhausted from their grief. Why are you sleeping, he asked them. Get up and pray so that you won't fall into temptation. So we see, in, we've talked about how Jesus modeled prayer. And in this prayer, this is one of his most famous prayers. That, and the most famous part of that was, not my will but yours be done. He was willing to sacrifice his own life to accomplish the mission, the will of God, putting that before himself. So that, that really shapes, it's, it's okay to pray for whatever's on your heart. Jesus asked for this cup uh, to be taken away from him. Nevertheless, he was expressing his desire, but then acknowledging that God's will and God's desire came before his but yeah and even the reason that he was there in that garden praying in the first place was to accomplish the mission of god i mean that was the whole prayer was subject about was like i'm about to die so that people can be reconciled to god and so this prayer is all about that mission but it was a willing submission to uh to the father um you know it's it's crazy to think about um, how we complain about the sacrifices that we feel we need to make for God. <laughs> and, and then you think about where Jesus is at this point and he's, he's praying and he's praying because he knows he's about to make the ultimate sacrifice for us. Um, and uh, that's just crazy. And, and yeah, um, I don't know if this is uh, Mary or not. Mary said, I wonder what else he prayed that no one heard because they were asleep. That's a very good question. We don't know. We couldn't even stay awake. And again, our, our comfort often out, uh, outweighs our desire to pray we, um, or our ability to pray. Uh, so just side note, any of you um, do what we call uh, pillow prayers? You can also call them to be continued prayers. Like maybe you start praying at night when you go to bed and your head's on the pillow and then you finish, you wake up in the morning and go, Oh yeah, I was praying. Amen. You know, cause you don't, cause you kind of pass out halfway through the prayers. Uh, I think sometimes we're <laughs> right, there we go. Let's be honest. Right. Yep. Uh, so here the disciples who just, who spent years with Jesus traveling around and he says, Hey, stay up and pray. And they, they can't even stay awake, but Jesus is praying and he's praying about the mission. And he's praying about submission to the father and being willing to do whatever he needs to so that we could have a relationship with the father. I think that's really cool. Um, but that's not one of, I guess that's not one of the most famous passages, David on prayer. Um, there's probably one that's a little bit one more of, famous. One of, not the most. Yeah. The next one's probably the most. 
and this one did come up a couple times when you guys were thinking of prayers. So that's what we, we call, frequently refer to as the Lord's Prayer. And so the, the disciples, they wanted to make sure that they knew how to pray properly. So they, they came up to Jesus and asked him to teach them to pray. And we find that in, in several places again, but in Matthew 6, 9 through 14, is the one we have in here. And so this is Jesus talking. He said, therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. So <laughs> that's Jesus teaching us, teaching his disciples how to pray. So that, that title of the Lord's Prayer can sometimes be a little misleading, I think, because he was really teaching the disciples to pray. So it's really the disciples' prayer. <laughs> and so that, is, that also applies to us, right, as, as disciples of Christ. So it's, it's really a prayer for us. And so what, what was he teaching us through this? this model, this example of, of prayer. It's for one to submit to, to God's leadership, right? So that, so that God's work, his kingdom work, his mission can be done on this earth. And that we would also trust God to provide for us like he did for the Jews in the wilderness, that he would forgive others like Jesus did on the cross. And there's a lot covered in this prayer if you really break it out. But yeah, he goes into the law, but we, we think it's really significant to notice how the prayer really starts off with the mission of God and, and the fact that he said, your kingdom come, right after acknowledging who God is, our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy or hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Everything else was after that, acknowledging who God is and what his mission is, which is for his kingdom to come. Sorry, I had to post a note. Yeah, definitely could do 30, 30 sermons just on this passage. <laughs> yeah, so in the, in the first one, you have Jesus just surrendering to the Father and just showing that submission. In this one, he's telling us what we should be praying for, and there's so many things, but we should be praying about the mission. And I think that that's really significant um, that – it's, it's not just that we pray about the mission, but it was the first thing he started with. I mean, to, to say your kingdom come is a lot different uh, than to say, um, you know, uh, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the job I have, et cetera. But to start out with, you know, God, your name be made holy, Father, and may your kingdom come and your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. When we look at the whole scripture and we say, okay, the mission of God is that mission of reconciliation that we've been called to, as we talked about last week, and as we've been studying for two years together. So when he's saying your kingdom come, your will be done, he's, he's just saying, hey, you know, this is what you've been working on and what you continue to work on. And we want it to happen here on this earth, just like your will is accomplished in heaven. Um, and that's a prayer that we're supposed to pray. <laughs> uh, so. The problem with that is that often 
if we pray a prayer like that, there's implications for us, I think. I guess is how I would put it. If you're going to pray that God's kingdom would come and that God's will will be done on this earth, um, you kind of have to be addressing it from the perspective of, well, that means me. It's not like, okay, God, you know, I hope your kingdom comes and uh, thanks for using David to do it because, you know, I'm, I'm just too busy this week. You know, it's like, no, you got to, if, if, if it was that way, um, I think we sometimes think it's that way, but that's not exactly what Jesus had in mind here. Um, the, the third prayer we want to look at is, uh, is found in Matthew chapter 9 and uh, verses 35 through 38. And this is where Jesus really kind of tells us what to pray for. Uh, so Jesus continued going around to all the towns and villages in Matthew 9, 35. And he was teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news about the kingdom. And remember, the kingdom is about that relationship with the Father. Just preaching the good news about relationship with the Father um, and healing every kind of disease and sickness. But when he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed. And they were dejected like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. And that verses 37 and 38 are just, they're, they're quoted by every mission agency you'll find on, the, on this earth. But they're, they're not just for mission agencies or for uh, people that we know that are going to serve like Ellie's parents in Angola or something like that, that are serving in other countries. Um, Jesus looked out and he said, he didn't tell us to pray for the harvest. He said to pray for what? Who's the first one who can chime that in on the chat? He didn't say pray for the harvest. He said to pray for what? Ooh, Laura's making up for the comment earlier. Good. Well done. So, <laughs> bringing in a different translation, too. Yes. <clears throat> Laborers, workers, yeah, people to actually harvest. Yeah, so now, but the thing is, if we're going to pray for God to send workers, send out workers into his harvest is what God asks us to pray. Yeah, uh, we have to be willing to be one of those workers if we're praying that prayer. And th that's another uh, famous prayer is the prayer of Isaiah. Here I am, Lord, send me. Um, because that's, you know, God comes to him and says, who, who will go, who will tell them? And Isaiah says, here I am, Lord, send me. And we need to be willing to, to pray that prayer. So we've talked, we've talked a lot about prayer. We've gone off on some, some tangents as, as usual. We've tackled some <laughs> topics that we could just easily spend hours and, and weeks on. Uh, but we do want to just focus really in on that, that concept of, of mission and ma making mission a lens through which we approach everything in life, but then specifically including our prayer life. So are you willing to pray that? prayer here i am lord send me or you know father not my will but yours be done and i'd like to to share with you a quote from a really excellent book by henry blackaby it's called experiencing god um, i'd highly recommend it to anyone who's interested in reading it 
This is a, just a short excerpt from, from that book. It says, God is always at work in his world. He seeks to bring every person into a personal relationship with himself through Jesus Christ. Jesus described the way he knew and did the will of his father. Because the father loved his son, he showed the son what he was doing. Jesus watched to see where the father was working and joined him. You can follow that same pattern by watching to see where God is at work around you. When he shows you, join him in his work. Keep your attention on God's call to an assignment rather than on your spiritual gifts, personal desires, skills, abilities, or resources. Once you understand God's call to an assignment, obey him and he will work through you to accomplish his divine eternal purposes. So when you submit your whole life to God and his will, the question is not if God will give you an assignment, but when. And it's kind of the, your mission if you choose to accept it. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not just your, your duty, though, to obey. It's not just your duty to accomplish this mission. It's also the greatest joy and fulfillment that any human can ever attain because it will, it'll grow and deepen your relationship with the Father. As Jesus was one with the Father, he prayed that we would be one with the Father. You there, Mike? Oh, you want me to talk now? I, I was listening. <laughs> I was listening. Because I've learned I need to do more of that. I'm sorry for the awkward pause there. Um, uh, so I thought you were so, frozen. That's okay. Mission is <laughs> mission is not the only thing we live for, but when we live life without having mission as part of our DNA, uh, we're not going to feel satisfied or fulfilled um, because we're we were reconciled to God so we could join him in his ministry of reconciliation. And if we're not joining him, then honestly, we're missing out on our calling. If we are joining him, then it's important that we start by communicating with him about his will and his workers and our submission to both of those things. Um, and I know that in my life, if I'm not making God's mission a part of my prayer time, like Jesus did, um, then I'm not ready to, uh, and I'm not looking for ways to live with missional intentionality like we talked about um, last week. And one of the reasons we want to start with prayer after talking about missional intentionality is um, if it's God's mission, not our mission, and if, if it's God's desire, not our desire that matters, then we need to have communication with God about what he wants us to do and how he wants us to live and where he's working and where he wants us to join him. Uh, if my prayers are only centered on me and my circumstances, I'm going to miss out on so much that God wants to do through me. Um, and and this, this time that we're in right now, this time of crisis uh, across it, I mean, it's a global crisis situation. And this time that we're in, it's so easy to just get focused on on us and our situation, even in our prayers, and to say, you know, God, you know, help me get the, help me survive, help me. They're the very good and legitimate prayers, but we also need to be realizing that if God has called us to his mission of reconciliation, then there are going to be people around us that also need help with things, and they don't have 
a relationship with God. They don't have the hope that we have. They don't have the, the ability to say, I know that God is in control of everything. And God can use these times and use you during these times to help reconnect people with God. But that means being intentional, uh, being missionally intentional, but then also being intentional in our prayer and having prayer intentionality so that we're praying for the mission. We're praying for God to do his work through us. Not just that God will do his work through David, uh, that God will do his work through pastor so-and-so or this person over there, but that God will give us opportunities to join him on his mission and that we'll see it. Um, and in the coming weeks, we're going to get even more practical about things that we can do, like ways that we could just look at our lives through that uh, missional lens and make adjustments. But we really need to start with prayer because our best efforts are worthless if they're not what God wants and if it's not where God wants us to go. Um, we have to be connected with God if we're going to help others connect with God. I mean, it's just really simple common sense um, when you put it that way, but at the same time, it's very hard sometimes to live out this truth in, in our own lives. So, um, mm -hmm. so those are some of the main thoughts that we had on prayer. And I think it's amazing the way God lined up this series um, when we were starting it, not even realizing everything that was going to be taking place in the world, but it seems to be so appropriate. Um, I can, am getting more and more uh, prayer requests coming into me. Uh, hey, Mike, would you pray for this? Could you, you know, so-and-so uh, is in the hospital, this person's struggling with this. Um, I think that there is uh, great opportunities for us to practice this in the days ahead, for sure. Mm -hmm. And we do, we wanna pray for you. <laughs> uh, so we we want you to be able to share your prayer requests with us, and obviously you can always you know email or text us. But we also set up a form on our website. Maybe you can paste the link in there. Um, but it's just yeah. ncfchurch.org/prayer. So it's just a simple form. If you or anyone else um, has prayer requests that you'd like us to to have, you can then choose whether you only want to share it with the elders, which is Mike and I, or if you also want us to share it with some of the other leadership or with the whole family, the whole church family. Um, and we are planning on setting up some way for everyone to then be able to access that uh, and, and pray for any of those prayer requests. Yeah. Um, so with that, I'm going to ask David to close out our time uh, in prayer. And then we want to have a chance to interact with you on this. Um, and we'll go over the rules of interaction and uh, what we're, how we want to try to help you connect with each other during this time. Um, so why don't we close out our, our just our, our lesson time together uh, with David praying. All right. Heavenly Father, you are so awesome and holy and we're so thankful that you are in control and that, that we're not. Uh, I pray that you would help us to have faith in you and trust in you Help us, Lord, to really not take advantage or, or to take advantage and not take for granted the, the awesome privilege that it is that we have to talk with you. 
I pray that you would help us to just bring everything to you, that we would be in constant communication with you, and that you would help us to take time and space to listen to you, to listen to you by, by reading your word, but also on um, just by, by praying and being still and, and listening for your voice. And God, that you would uh, give us the, the faith and the courage to obey and that we'd be sensitive enough to your guidance and to your spirit that we would know uh, when you are sending us or directing us and that we would all be able to be intentional to, to look around us and see where you're working or what you're doing in other people's lives and, and just in the world around us that, that you would show us very clearly where you're working and where you would have us join you in your work. Because we know that you will bless that, that when we seek to do your will and our own, that you can do incredible things through us. Not because we're not on our own power because of our gifts, but because of the way you empower us and the way you gift us. Because even just 